0: Hey soccer friends, I just want to give a shout out to our partner, Team Player. They are changing the game on how you find the perfect soccer team for your player. Parents, this means no more endless social media scrolling to find information on teams. With Team Player, everything you need to know is just a few clicks away. It's simple, straightforward, and lets you find the best coach and team for your player without any of the usual headaches. And coaches, we all know how tough it can be to get your team noticed, but when you subscribe to one of team players' team plans, you instantly get access to set up an online team profile that allows you to reach more potential players and showcase what your team is all about. It's super easy and lets players and parents see why your team could be the right fit for them. And if you sign up using the promo code PITCH, you can try any team plan free for one month. So whether you're managing a team or searching for one, come on over to www.teamplayer.us. That is T-E-A-M-P-L-A-Y-R dot U-S. And come give Team Player a look. Hello and welcome to Chat by the Pitch. This is Ian Babcock. This week... I was fortunate enough and lucky enough to interview Skylar Simmons of Cross City Soccer Club. He is the technical director of the club and a coach. He shared with me this week what they're planning on doing. They're a up and coming club that has a bright future ahead from the sounds fit. Let's head to the pitch.
1: Hello, my name is Skylar Simmons. I am the co-owner and technical director of Cross City Soccer Club. Uh, I have a Master of Science degree in sports coaching that I obtained while I played professional soccer in England. Uh, I also uh, played collegiate soccer in Virginia Wesleyan University in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, I played locally here in the Dallas area um, with a couple different clubs from uh, back in the day. I was a 95 uh, boy and I was with FC Premier as the the previous club that I played for. So that was uh, the most recent club team that I was on. And that's kind of the spiel that I have and where I come from and what I've been doing and how I do it. You know, I've uh, always been interested in the sport of soccer and I always felt like there's one thing that I've always excelled at it was soccer and everything else I was maybe good at or maybe not good at. But the thing that I really fell in love with was the sport and I always knew I wanted to be involved. To, in in some way or fashion or form, and, and that's where it led me to coaching, and I grew a love for it, and I I felt that I I did pretty well in, in leadership roles, so I decided to take on, you know, the club ownership
0: as as my next challenge and next battle, and and here we are. Awesome, thank you. You are with Cross City Soccer Club. Um, so where did you guys start? I know you guys are new, so. Give me a little bit of history of why you choose to start a club and the history of getting to that point.
1: Yeah, so we are brand new. You know, we officially opened our doors in June of this past year. You know, so we don't have a whole lot of history. That what I can tell you is what inspired the opening of Cross City Soccer Club for our history. Essentially, we, uh, my partner and I, and a couple other coaches were at a different club, another smaller club that. We had some business and ethical differences that we decided, hey, maybe it's time we go do our own thing. So Alex Apoku and I uh, created a club. We are co-owners and work together in every form and capacity and uh, decided to open up Cross City Soccer Club. And we brought over the teams that we previously had and opened up a couple more teams. So uh, when we first had the idea of, of Cross City Soccer Club, we were thinking we would have, you know, maybe three, four teams and it turned out we ended up having seven or eight teams and then now it's increased to nine ten teams and and hopefully it's going to increase even more here in the near future you know every day is a challenge and every day we want to grow and that's kind of the goal and provide high level soccer development and family community sense with a small club uh feeling and and treat it in a way where everyone has a voice everyone is able to speak to the owner at any training session speak to the director of coaching at any training session and that's kind of what what the inspiration was and you know we're currently hitting that goal and and it's looking really really good
0: so you're up to you said eight or nine teams did i catch that yeah right?
1: and if i do the count correctly and this <laughs> i should have this number off the top of my head but i i always get numbers jumbled up in my head so we have a 2014 academy we have a 20 an 09 209 10 teams a true 09 team, 408 teams we have 07 team 05 team, so 10 teams so we have 10 teams and we're currently working on a 2013 or 2012 slash 13 girls team that is building right now
0: that's awesome so is it how many coaches are in your club then right now
1: so uh, right now we have the two owners alex apoku and i uh coach mario who coaches the 2014 academy team and then coach damon who coaches the
0: 07 team so we have four in our ranks or in your ring. So now this leads me to my my personal question. How do you guys plan to grow organically? Do you guys just plan on slowly just adding teens so you guys get that nice small club feeling still as you're growing and as it grows to be bigger continue growing organically or are you guys looking to ever merge or is that even an idea to merge with another club to increase numbers or have a coach that has three teams come over and join you because I know that that can be a conflict for some.
1: Yeah, for luck. sure. And, you know, for us, we don't really have a set plan of like, Hey, we want it done this way or that way. You know, we're very flexible in, in what we see. And what I could tell you definitively is that we really enjoy what we're doing. we the the families that are with us have responded really well to this new club and, and, and a bunch of change from what they recently had. Um, and so with that, I can say that if we ever think about merging, you know, it, it's not really in our mind, but if we ever think about merging, it's because we're doing it in the best interest of our, our kids or our families, you know, and, and to us, the, the name Cross City Soccer Club has, has a lot of weight to it. But at the end of the day, we're, we're here trying to serve and provide for the families and kids within our club. So if a merge comes about that is beneficial to all parties, then, it's not out of the question, but I would say we would prefer that we're bringing in uh, coaches and players and parents that are like-minded that have that community service sense that have that family oriented sense with club soccer, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I like to think is different from us to other clubs in, in the area that, that, uh, that we're in, you know, we're located in the Allen area and that's a big old hub for a lot of the larger clubs as well as a couple of the uh, smaller clubs. But, you know, that's that's kind of why we're doing what we're doing is that we, we wanted to be the difference. We wanted to be the, hey, this club is doing community service multiple times a year. Hey, this club has a family mixers within the club multiple times a year. This club, you can walk up to the practice field and you can see both owners at every single training session, you know, and you see them walking around, you see them speaking to kids, parents, other coaches at all times. So that's kind of, kind of the the thing that we have going on over there and, and the only way that we can continue doing that is if we bring teams that have that mindset so what's been successful for us is that we found we've kind of organically built teams you know the newer teams like the 2014 academy team it wasn't so much we we went out and 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 took uh, a team for another club or or just started hand picking kids from other clubs it, we, organically it was built we had training sessions, you know, free skill sessions. We do that very, very often throughout the week. And then all of a sudden we had a lot of kids in the same age group start arriving. And now here we are, you know, and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of our plan sort of plan is doing it organically, but we're not opposed to other things if it all works out.
0: Awesome. I, I It's a hard choice. I, I can't imagine the decision you have to make because at the end of the day, this is your baby. I mean, this is your thing that you're trying to grow because of your love and passion so i see what you're saying so that i mean it kind of you kind of touched on a few more things so you guys are in allen is that the only place you guys practice well so that's the place that we currently practice but we have gotten field allocations at least the
1: talks and approval for them uh for the future so you know in allen we have our own practice facility that's being worked up at church 1132 right across the street from allen high school right next to uh lowry freshman center the the junior high school of Allen, um, so we're we're in a pretty ideal spot with that area. But we also know that there's a lot of teams that aren't necessarily out there in the northeastern side of the, the Dallas suburbs. So you know we wanted to expand to be able to offer opportunities to other teams that might be interested in joining from other parts of you know DFW metroplex. So we we got the field allocation uh, from the uh, the city of the colony for next year if we decide to jump into it, and that's kind of like the colony slash Frisco border. Over at Turner Soccer Complex, and then we have uh, agreement with University of Texas Dallas and Richardson to be able to use uh, field reservations with them if we decide to do so. Um, So we have options, but we're right now primarily located in Allen with our our practice facility, and then with our Allen ISD rentals that you know through our relationship with Allen.
0: That's awesome. I mean, staying local, trying to make it. A priority to stay where you're at. I like that. You guys are on the fields every practice. Yep. Now, your is your goal to maintain the coaching slash co-owner role always, or is that more of an evolution, uh, a growing process? As things grow, will you stand back from coaching, or do you not want to give up coaching? Because that's your passion and your love.
1: Yeah. I, I, personally, I don't think I could ever give up coaching. That's, I mean, it, it's, it's my first love. I've never had a job I didn't like because I've never done anything outside of coaching. You know so it, it, it's truly something I'm passionate about. I love inspiring kids, I love seeing kids have that moment where they everything clicks and they say, Oh, I understand that now I'm going to apply that to my practice and to my game. And it seems like y- you see the awakening of the next level player throughout the years. You know, I've coached the same 08 teams for years upon years upon years. You know, I started with my my team that's now called the Cross City Soccer Club 08 Boys Elite, I started with them at U10, or sorry, U11. Um, and I've been with them since then. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of years. They're U15 now. So, it's a lot of years put together and seeing these kids grow. So, I, the, the short answer is I don't think I'm going to ever give up coaching. Um, but the long answer is that, you know, the reason why we decided to go with two owners with this club is Alex and I are kind of splitting the, the, the business duties. Uh, in half. That way we can always have our priority with coaching, you know, never go away. So, you know, he's, uh, you know, I'm the technical director. I'm doing all of the stuff that is, you know, business related, advertising related, making sure that we have payroll going, making, being able to add to the community service uh, aspect of our club, uh, which was one of the goals when we created the club. And Alex is the director of soccer operations, you know, so he's, Finding, you know, field space, talking with other clubs about, you know, doing miniature tournaments, little scrimmage tournaments, you know, some of those little free things to make sure that everybody is getting game time in. Speaking to players about any sort of worries that they might have in in an athletic sense. So it's kind of one of those things where we're dividing and conquering while still being able to do what we love because Alex and I both are people that are passionate about the actual coaching part of our job.
0: That's awesome. My background is that I have very little coaching experience. I have a year and a half coaching with my son at Sting and and that was some of the, the highlights of working with my son is playing soccer with my son. So I mean I don't have a soccer background, but I went and got my grassroots done and I was going to go get my D until things changed last September. I understand
1: completely. It is it is it's a feeling that really is hard to describe. It's just it's awesome seeing people respond to what what you're seeing and being able to, to watch them
0: grow through it. Right. You said Cross City earlier has a heavy name. So what's the name behind Cross City then? This is something that I, I don't know anything about. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. So be honest with you, the the Cross City name was something that I thought up for, for many years. I had this thought about opening a club, I think since 2019, but I, I always said, ah, maybe sometime in the future, and, and me being me, I, I just had ideas and I always want to ha- write my ideas down. Otherwise, they'll be gone in the vaults forever. So <laughs> Cross City Soccer Club was the first name I ever thought of. And the reason behind it is because we have kids from everywhere, from all across the the Metroplex. We have kids in Carrollton. We have kids in Prosper. We have kids in Wiley. We have kids in, in downtown Dallas area, Plano, Frisco. So, us being all over the area, it, it just kind of made me think that the representation of being across the Metroplex should have been something like that. I got rid of the A and across and said cross city just because it seemed to be something that fit with wh- who we are. You know, we're, we're not just one, one demographic in one area. We're, we're very much from every part of the Metroplex that you can think of. Uh, and, and that's why I, I chose that name, you know, just being from every type of area and, and across the Metroplex.
0: That's, that's really cool. I mean, there's there's some history behind the name. It's not just some name that was just thrown out there that you liked. I like that.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of thought went into it. And, uh, you know, I, it, one of those things where I, I fell in love with it, you know, I, I'm I, there's also another little factor added to it is I, I am a Manchester City fan. I, I visited Manchester when I was 11 years old and uh me being me i wanted to be the weird kid that didn't like the team that that everybody likes so when i went and visited in the there was a a sea of red in manchester i saw the the little bit of blue in there and said i want that to be my team so since 11 years old you know i've been i've been a manchester city fan so it was nice to have a little personal tie to it as well as have the tie with all the people involved into in the club so it just it all came together very well
0: that's awesome you talked about you guys do skills. Is that your way of recruiting? Then it is. It is a way of recruiting. Um,
1: you know, I, one of the things that that a lot of the clubs do around here is offering the free skills night as a way to to introduce kids into a non, you know, without having long term commitments into into playing. You know, so we we literally say, hey, listen, all we ask is that you sign up, you put your email down, you put your uh, the your, the child's name down, your name down, and that's it nothing else. We're not going to shoot a million emails your way. We're not going to shoot a million text messages your way. We're just going to keep you involved. And then, you know, after a week or two, we'll say, Hey, listen, is this something you like? We can, you know, keep testing the waters or if you like, we can jump right into involving you within the club. So that's kind of our process with it. Um, We have success stories with it. We have stories where, Hey, listen, we just want to keep playing to get more practices so that he improves for his rec team. And, Whatever the answer is, we respect it and enjoy it because, you know, end of the day, what's a, what's a training session without a bunch of people to have that session with? So, you know, the more people, the merrier, the more kids that want to get involved, the merrier. We've had age groups from 2017 mixed all the way up to the 2014s. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. We've had 2012s that were playing recreational that said, hey, listen, I, my, I just couldn't make practice with my coach this week, so I just want to come out and practice and hey that's fine have fun enjoy yourself get your touches and we'll go from there
0: so you're actually truly in my opinion you are emphasizing what soccer really is it's the community sport and it's it's what brings people together so through your little your skills and I don't know if you call them clinics or skills that that you're truly doing what you love it's not
1: for sure for sure and and I appreciate that very kind words and that's that's kind of what the inspiration was. And, and to me, soccer should be accessible to all people, all clubs, all teams to f- further improve the sport. That is the only way to improve the sport, not just in the United States, but in the world. So I, as a kid, whenever I was, I was in Keller growing up, it wasn't like I could just, you know, wake up and go train with someone. I, it was more so, hey, you know, I, I my team was in Dallas and And that was the only way to be in a super competitive team back in the day. And I had to drive an hour to go practice from Keller to Dallas area to be able to have those training sessions. And it was, I went four times a week because I wanted to train as much as possible to be as good as I possibly could. And then, you know, if I didn't have training, I sat at home twiddling my thumbs and trying to practice in my own backyard. So I I always thought if you can offer training sessions, games, skill sessions whatever it is to people in the area without having this this long-term commitment that it would make it to where you could grow as a as a community as a sport and as an individual so that's kind of the the goal behind it and the next step of our goal is offering free you know little pickup nights or or you know round robin scrimmages where you just show up and you have a weekend morning or weekend afternoon where we have a bunch of the pug goals out on our field and people are just scrimmaging, making it simple. No, You know, we have a bunch of pennies. You throw kids together, uh, no cost. And, you know, all you do is just take names, take numbers, or take emails and and keep track of everyone that's there and let them enjoy themselves. And if it turns into something more, then great. If it doesn't, then I hope they had a good time while they
0: were playing. I like that. Yeah. Um... I think that's what's missing in the U.S. soccer society is the the availability just to go to a park and have pickup games. For sure. I mean, everywhere else kids are playing in the street, playing in parks, and we don't really have that for soccer. I feel. I go, you go to a park and you see a bunch of kids shooting hoops, but you don't see them on a soccer pitch kicking the ball around. They're just that. Just doesn't happen. It has to be somewhat organized by parents to get five kids kids aren't just going back to their even their, their school to go kick the ball around it's yeah. it truly has to be organized by someone and it's nice that it's nice to hear that there's a group and a club that's doing that to foster that love for the game um now do teeter a little bit away from that and so what is your every club has like an end game for each player so i know that your players aren't that old from the sounds of I mean, I tried to write down all the years. I didn't catch the last O-5's one Oh, five is
1: our oldest, so we we have a bunch of seniors um with with our oldest group, uh, but that's that's the oldest, and then the next oldest after that are you know sophomores. so it's uh it, it, there's a little bit of an age difference between our club in terms of older age.
0: like you said, you have ten teams, so that that's expected. but how do you plan on giving them a pathway to going to collegiate world? Do you have connections? for that or is there a way to as you're bringing so i'm looking at how do you guys plan on providing a pathway i mean you said you played over in europe how do you plan on providing a pathway for these players that you have i mean i know the age group ranges and that's great because there's nothing wrong with younger kids watching older kids and practicing with older kids to get more touches on a ball sometimes i don't know if you guys do that with your players but yep what type so, of pathway do you guys plan on using, or connections do you guys have to give them a pathway that will benefit them? Because the larger clubs have pathways; they have the ID camps that are part of the club, um, but they also have a large connection pool because they are been around for ages.
1: For sure, yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I took away during my time in, in England and, and when I, all I was playing professionally is that. You know, I, I learned from what they were doing with the academy. So, you know, when I was playing with uh, the, the seniors, the senior group, the senior team, as they call it over there in England, um, a lot of the times the U21, U19, and even sometimes some U17 players would train with us, you know. So to, it was one of the ways to improve the younger kids as well as, you know, give a challenge to the older guys because there's nothing more <laughs> uh, motivating than seeing a 19-year-old, within the academy, you know, trying to break the ranks to the senior team and he's playing the position you're playing and he's looking pretty good. Uh, And, and you know, the club wants to invest in youth because that's where you get a a return on your investment over there in England. So, that's why, to me, I wanted to make sure that we kind of did something similar. So, a lot of the times our 07 age group will practice with the 05 age group. And then, we had to add something into the club that wasn't just, Hey, listen, our oldest team is like the highest rank you can get within this club. So we opened up a semi-professional team within our club. um, That is, you know, the goal is to have younger people and younger players that are just recently outside of the North Texas soccer realm when it comes to being able to play, you know, once you reach that, that 19 plus age group over there, you, you know, there's not, you don't have a league, that is super competitive, that's offered in North Texas soccer. So uh, we decided to jump into that, that realm and, and open that up. So we have a bunch of you know, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds you know, and, and offer that to be able to come train with us twice a week as well as play in games once a week. So our 05 age group and semi-pro age group combined and practice together every single week. Uh, So you have a lot of ex-college players or current college players or prospective college players practicing with, you know, 17- and 18-year-olds. So it it pushes both groups to become better. So, you know, that was one way to develop the players. And now you had to send them into a realm. What is the next zone after Cross City Soccer Club? Because, you know, as much as we love the club, we are limited because we don't have that – availability to go from grassroots to pro we don't we have the the ability to go grassroots to semi-pro and it's not you know semi-pro in the united states is very different from semi-pro anywhere else so it's more so hey it's just more competitive adult league so we need to offer them something else so uh, we worked a way to be able to partner with professional clubs true professional clubs so we have two that are partnered with us and we're affiliated with, as well as having strategic partnership is the correct term. So our strategic partnership with the two professional clubs is into the Um over there in Querétaro, Mexico, and you know they they're, they're uh, they have three professional clubs within their their club their parent club, uh, and the highest level they're in the second La Liga Premier. Uh, of Mexico in the second division of that as well as two third division teams in La Liga Premier so that, that's a pathway as to being able to say hey listen we have this strategic partnership they want to come to the United States and host training camps, ID camps, so on and so forth but they also want people to go visit them in Queretaro, Mexico and, and have those training sessions over there and, and use it as identification to see hey listen this guy's good enough to be able to get a professional contract So every summer, our plan is to send in the recommended players to be able to go have themselves trials with the Mexican professional team. Um, And, you know, and they they have their identification process that, you know, we have no say in it. At this point, it's, hey, listen, send us what you got uh, and we'll go from there. You know, so the players have to be invested in, in going and doing their best and knowing that they don't have any sort of backing on from us, they just had to go, you know, try to get themselves a living that they want to earn. Uh, or the other route, we have uh, we have a strategic partnership with USL League Two uh, Squad, uh, Corpus Christi FC. Okay. So we wanted to be able to provide two pathways to getting to true professional soccer: one in the United States, one outside of the United States. So Corpus Christi FC. And our club, Cross City Soccer Club, have gone into a strategic partnership where it's very similar. You know, they're going to come up to the Dallas area because it's a hub for talented soccer and host training sessions as well as ID camps as, as well as tryouts to see if the, anyone would be interested in joining their club. You know, and, and Corpus Christi offers housing and, and meals to be able to move down to Corpus Christi and play with them in USL League 2. So, you know, that's really the starting point for a lot of professional soccer careers is USL, uh, you know, it's the largest soccer organization in the United States. It's something where we, we want to be able to have those pathways to players to continue to keep fighting and keep growing and keep having that dream and, and understanding that it, it's not necessarily a linear path. You're going to have different ways to go about it. And we wanted to offer two of those ways by sticking with us and trusting the process with us.
0: That's awesome. I spent a lot of time in the last year researching USL and it more because there's it's a it's a huge like you said it's a huge league. It's not a small, small little matter there. No,
1: no, yeah, it's definitely a lot of people use USL as the jumping point to go on to to bigger and better things. And you know, USL League Two is is the lowest level of of USL, but it's also, like I said, a starting point. It, it you know, it, as great as the UPSL is around here. As great as you know any of the adult leagues around here, it, it really isn't a way to kind of springboard your career into something professional unless you're, you know, really, 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 really showing out, or you're really, really, really lucky. So USL to me is is a true pathway, you know, at least starting point. Maybe not pathway. Starting point is probably a better word for it. Starting point for professional soccer in the United States, and then the the Mexican team into the Canelazo, they're true professional. So. It, You know, that's why we had the inspiration is like, hey, we want to be able to have this so that now kids can go on. You know, for me, my my dream of professional soccer was pretty close to coming to an end because there's not really a pathway back in the day, at least. You know, you either were going MLS or it's not really possible just because of visa issues and work or work visa issues and, and being able to actually get in front of clubs for trials. So it was a very tough process. So I, I you know, it kind of hit home, uh, whenever I was creating this club and, and Alex and I sat down together and said, we need to be able to do something that's attainable, but also, you know, it's still difficult, but attainable. So that's, that's where it all came from.
0: That's awesome. I mean, that that's good that you guys have that. So that is that kind of like, when you go to other clubs, they have like a pyramid and like, they have like your direct then you have the academy level then you have the club this club slash select level then you have like major large clubs playing the mls next then mm-hmm. the goal is collegiate after that or going pro so you yeah. guys kind of created your own
1: yeah we, we we kind of create our own pyramid you know it, it, it's a little different you know i i, I coach Collegiate soccer right now, so I, we have a very good understanding of, of pathways and, and, you know, th- exactly as you said, the pyramids. So for us, you know, it, it's academy, it's select, it's the uh, semi-pro, which we our Metroplex Premier League team, so MPL team. And then after that, we're, we have three dashes and go college, the Inter de Queretaro, and then Corpus Christi FC. So that's kind of the the three at the top for us that you know we're able to, to help with. You know, I, as I said, I coach at University of Texas Dallas men's soccer program. I, I'm the lead reserve coach over there. I, I help develop players that are coming in as freshmen. Sometimes they're older, sometimes they're not, but usually it's freshmen and try to introduce them into first team proceedings so they get some game time and, and help cultivate their talent and you know get them used to college soccer a little bit and uh and you know with that i i see i know the process of college soccer so it's it's like i said multiple pathways multiple ways multiple connections a lot of people that know what they're doing within our club and can help guide players to do whatever they want some players don't want to play college some players want to play college some players want to to give it a go at the pro level and the, the good news about that is many of them can give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, you can always jump right back into college. As long as you don't get a paycheck, you don't lose NCAA uh, eligibility. So it, as I said, there's a lot of pathways and we we know those pathways through multiple, multiple years of experience with it. And that's
0: why our, our kids are very excited for their future. That's awesome. I, that Yeah, because that's where I think as parents, they're looking as okay my kid wants to play soccer they like it but as they progress and they start liking it more or loving it more or becoming obsessed with it more um what what do they do with this i mean it's it's do they have a chance to go be part of that what is it 0.6 percent and go play professionally or go to six or seven percent and go play at a college level and i mean i i follow some college recruiters and they're talking about all these positions opens and it's that all kids want to go. D1 school, and do you guys emphasize on if you guys want to play soccer, you guys just go where you guys can play, and not just look at the school. Then for the players as they're progressing, as they aging out of the acad, the club level, or do yeah, you find it, help them.
1: Yeah, help. you know it, it's it's interesting because it's a case by case basis. You know, every kid, heck, I was even on that boat where I, I it was D1 or bust, right, and. It, that unfortunately the the cliche is everyone thinks that they're ready for D one, but not everyone is. So the, (laughs) the hard part sometimes is being able to sit a kid down and say, Hey, listen, you're a senior. It is, you know, December and you haven't spoken to a D one college to play D one soccer. You're it's not happening. You know, I, I'm sorry to break the the truth to you. It's no longer a viable option because, D1 schools are now recruiting the junior class that's in there. So 2023 grads, they're not worried about. They're now focused on the 2024. You know, that's 95% of D1 colleges are recruiting, you know, usually a year, a year and a half in advance. So we've had those conversations with people saying, hey, listen, expectations can be big, but realistically, you need to be, if you want to play college soccer, you need to have a wider net to be able to have backup plans. I won't say don't reach out to these D1 coaches because maybe it'll work out. But, you know, if you're, you know, a senior and you haven't spoken to a single college, you know, sending an email to Duke is great, but send a couple more just in case. So stuff like that. And we've guided players, you know, last year during the summer, whenever we transitioned from our previous club to Cross City Soccer Club, uh, we had an 4 team that was with Coach Alex. Um, and we helped guide a lot of those players to go play, you know, collegiate soccer. So we have a few that are playing Division II over there at University of Texas at Tyler. We have uh, one that's playing in Nebraska with uh, Concordia University. We've helped players who we think are high level reach that, that area that they were hoping for. And, and not so much, you know, it wasn't like we were babysitting them through the whole process. But we, when they came to us with questions, we answered them whenever they were nervous about a process we helped them whenever they were wanting to be seen by coaches we provided a platform with showcases and highlight tapes you know with using the VEO that we have within the club and being able to do stuff like that so we're very much into helping the players that are within our club guiding them in the direction that they need to go
0: that's awesome i feel like that's i think that that you can have the open dialogue with the player and the parents to give more of a reality check than anything else. So it's like, you are talented, but this is the options. So that's really good to to hear. So now taking a little bit of a step back, because that's going on. Now going to part of your process of creating well-rounded players. You you mentioned community service earlier. Um, How do you provide in the communities? Do these players help with your skills? Or do you guys actually go out and do manual labor to help the community of some sort?
1: Yes. So, um, you know, we we host three to four community service events, the manual labor as well as, you know, acts. Um, So the first community service event that we did was uh, the shoe drive where we collected shoes that were sent over to Costa Rica um, for people that were in need of of safe and usable, you know, lightly worn uh, footwear. So it mixed in with that were cleats as well, because the, you know, there was a lot of, soccer uh loving people that were wanting some cleats to be able to play you know futsal shoes turf shoes all of that stuff so we gathered i think the number was like 176 pairs of shoes and sent them over to costa rica through project soul um, that is partnered with our uniform company actually lexa sports so that was our first community service event and our next one we're planning on doing is in january where we're going to do a can drive as well as a uh, blanket drive to be able to provide to the um, homeless community as well as the homeless shelters around the DFW Metroplex. Uh, That's our our next plan of action in January. And we're going to hopefully pick up two more, one in spring and one in summer. And we got to brainstorm a little bit more and finalize some details for those last two. But the next one in hand is coming up shortly. So we're very excited to jump in on that and very excited to help our community in a positive way, not just in, you know, soccer, where we're always doing that, but
0: outside of the sport. That's awesome. I, I don't know how to describe it. It is creating well-rounded players, just not soccer players. is impo- I, I think it's important because I feel like sports are so important to so many young athletes that if they only focus on the game, they lose perspective of the world around them and, I know that other clubs do require community service, but from the sounds of it, it's a whole club initiative, sure. all the way down to like your your U four players, or is it just the older kids for the community service?
1: To me, it isn't true community service if you make it mandatory. So, right. I, I tell everyone it's it's an optional thing. I ask them, you know, hey, attend one community service event per year. One. That's all I ask for. There's four that are available that's my only requirement is attend one uh you know and, and we do it to where it doesn't necessarily mean you're picking up a shovel and you're you know going hard work in the in the texas heat you know it could be as simple as giving a pair of old cleats that uh, he, your son outgrew three years ago to the cause or as i said for the next one hey we have a 15 dollar walmart blanket can you purchase that and you know give it to the blanket drive, you know, a, a can of, of soup. Can you pass that in uh, as you're making that purchase too? So community service is something that people want to do and, and should want to do. And that's to me is, is when you really are being able to create those people, well-rounded athletes, well-rounded people is when you have people that truly want to make a difference in the area instead of the, the forced re- or required type of thing. It, it just makes it feel like it, it's more of a of a hey this club is doing all this so they're trying to look good for the area instead of hey we we want to make an actual change or an impact to the community which is what our goal is.
0: That's I mean that's 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 um, I guess humbling to hear or I don't know what the right word to use but that's that's really great to hear that you actually want to make an impact. It's just not that you're trying to. A cookie cutter mold of this is what we need to do. I appreciate that. Stepping back a little bit farther. So, I know you said there's only four of you, but how do you, because it goes along the same line of fostering and creating players that are well rounded, how do you assess like your coaching plans to help these players? I mean, because I feel like part of the coaching plan is not just the soccer field, but teaching life lessons and bringing in your club philosophy, Um, community service, trying to find a pathway through different soccer organizations once they age kind of out. But how do you bring your club's philosophy of, and we can talk about that here really quick for as long as you'd like, um, into your coaching staff? And then how do you pass it down to your players?
1: Yeah. You know, and I'll be honest, our, our one requirement, to, to finding coaching, you know, we're not, Hey, you need to have X and X license. Obviously you need to have a license to be able to coach, but it's not, Hey, you have to have this licensing or Hey, you have to have this experience or Hey, you have to have X amount of teams to be able to join us. It's more so we're looking for character. So with the family sense, we want someone that is able to connect to the kids, connect to the parents. That's the most important thing. That's the only thing that Alex and I look for can you connect with kids can you connect with parents can you deliver a message that is understandable relatable and easily accepted by the people that you are portraying the message to that is our our number one requirement and with that you know it makes it tough because not everyone is is great at doing that it's it's something that that needs you know it, it it takes some practice to be able to do so because of that our our philosophy with coaching is we, we like to, to kind of coach a coach. There are moments where, hey, you know, it, not necessarily going to find the, the best person for this job right away, but we can find the framework for it. Someone that is charismatic, someone that speaks well, someone that is a, a leader amongst the group. And then we can build from that foundation up to be able to be the, the perfect or ideal coach within our philosophy. We want a leader. We want someone that is involved within the club outside of just coaching. We don't want someone to show up that coaches at six o'clock is leaving by eight o'clock and is done. That's his coaching. He's done. It's a side job. He collects his paycheck every month and says, no, thank you. I am a coach and I am a coach only. We want someone involved within the the, the team, the families and the community. So that's kind of our philosophy there in, in terms of that, you know, we, we, we're very excited for the fact that we've had we have four coaches that are very much that way that are very involved with our teams that are doing club uh, or team mixers, team bonding experiences outside of soccer, helping plan community service events with me and, and Alex. So that's kind of how it goes. And, and it is difficult to find such a thing because it's very, you know, specific of what we want. very, very specific, and it, it's not exactly a common uh, trait, common traits to find within, uh, within people. So our way of coaching it up is speaking to these people and showing them and, Hey, listen, come shadow, Alex, come shadow myself, see what it's like. That way we can make sure that these people are, are watching what we do and try to replicate that in a way that, that conveys the message for them. It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly what Alex and I do, but it also has to be something similar to it in their own little twist. So that's kind of the whole spiel with our coaching. You know, we don't want to just bring in uh, uh, someone that's been around for, you know, 20-something years in the coaching world and has a bunch of teams. And, hey, that, that's a good way to, to grow the club. But it's not exactly the best way to, to keep the, the state of the club and, and the philosophy of the club going. So we want the right people to come in. We want the right families to come in. We want the right players to come in. So all of it kind of ties together. And it all starts with a coach. You have a good coach, you can build a team. Even if the team is goes has 10 losses the year before, if you have a good coach, that team will get better every year and those losses will turn around and turn to wins because the kids like each other, the parents like the coach, the coach likes the parents, so on and so forth.
0: So do you have a pathway for players that age out, so to speak, to come co- work shadow you guys to coach or – is that something that you may have thought about doing? Because I feel like a lot, that's a one way for, for a smaller club or any club, not just doesn't matter what size is to grow a culture because they've already played in it and played under it. And now they have the mentor a mentoring program then for these players. Yep. Yep. Very, uh, very excited about
1: this. Uh, yes, we do. We are, we don't really have a name for it. <laughs> I probably should find a name for it. Um, but through my connections with the university of texas dallas men's soccer program we have a lot of kids that are are looking to stay involved in the sport and kind of find their own path in the world um and you know they're 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 obviously getting their degree and whatever they're getting you know a lot of the time we have a bunch of engineers that are saying hey listen i really really like the sport of soccer i really want to be involved with it i'm interested in coaching you know is there something i can be involved with with your club and that's when i say yes let's get you in You know, we could throw you in as an assistant coach and that way you can shadow us and then start doing training sessions with maybe the younger age groups or help us out with our training sessions with the teams that you're assistant coaching with and kind of go from there. We haven't had any of our kids in our club interested in coaching yet. A lot of our 05 boys, the seniors are are kind of set in what they want to do and that's totally fine. Not... Coaching isn't for everybody and not everyone is interested in doing it and no hard feelings in that point. But I think we would uh, be very open to using the same thing we do with the University of Texas Dallas uh, boys to be able to open it up to them for them to come in and get some assistant coaching and, you know, a paycheck every month as well as uh, hours if they want to do it with for community service stuff. Or be able to just learn learn about coaching in general. You know, I have a, two of the kids that uh, we're bringing in from UTD want to be collegiate soccer coaches as their career. So they're getting training sessions in with us to be able to learn more about that about the coaching process. Because if you can coach, you know, eight-year-old boys after you know when they're on uh, Thanksgiving break. I promise you can coach collegiate guys. <laughs> it's just a, it's a, a very good way to grow as a coach. So that's uh, that's what we're doing. And, and it's something that is proven to be very effective.
0: So we touched on your coaching philosophy. So what is the overall, I missed this earlier philosophy for the club. And I, am asking this because from the sounds of it, it's everything's community oriented. Because you're willing to work with college students, have them come over to your club. You don't push community service. You just emphasize the importance of it. So what is the true philosophy of the club as a whole then? Like, what would you say your motto is of the club or... Like how would you describe if you're doing to describe like the values of your club to someone? That- I can
1: I can bring it down to one word, and it's family. I, it, I, it sounds so cliche. I'm sure so many clubs will say the same thing, but it, it's true. I know it, family. I know the name of almost every single kid within this club. and the ones I don't know, they're most likely new or they're very, very quiet individuals that don't like talking to strange men on the soccer field and rather just speak to their, their friends or their coach. (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of the value. Um, That's kind of the philosophy family. We, we want this to be family oriented. I want to know the names of the parents. I want to be able to walk into a Kroger in Plano and all of a sudden I see a parent on the club and go, Oh, Hey Jim, how you doing? Good to see you. Funny running into you here. That's the feeling I want. And that's the feeling that I want the kids to have that, all of these players that are wearing the crest are not just your teammates, but they're your friends. Uh, one of the, the, the things that, that I loved as a coach, it was probably one of my proudest moments, is that you know, in my, I think, third or sec- second or third year coaching, uh, one of the parents said, hey, your boys created a group text all by themselves, and all, all they do is text each other all night. I had to take my son's phone away because they were texting each other at 2 a.m., just messing around, being goofy. <laughs> and that's it. I, that was, I love that. That was, that was awesome. I had a tear on my eye when I heard that. Cause it's like, all right, this is the team chemistry. Can we make team chemistry within every club look like this or every team within the club look like this? So family, that's yeah. what I want. And, and that's what so far it's been like, and we want to keep it that way and we want to keep it growing that way and being able to, to do community service, that you truly want to do, that you truly want to make an impact with, will grow that family feeling, and being able to, being able to go to war every weekend with your teammate and friend will grow that feeling. And being able to to talk to your coach as a human, not just a coach, not just this point of authority, but as a human, will help grow that feeling. So
0: that's kind of that's kind of our philosophy. That's really cool you were going along the lines of family. Do you guys recognize players when they do something great within the club then? Cause I, I mean, as a parent, that's what you do as parents. You recognize when your kids do well and when they're struggling, you try to foster a direction of them to make better, better choices or happier choices. Or how, how do how do you recognize when they do something phenomenal as a player or outside of soccer, whatever it may be?
1: Yeah, you know a lot of the we do a newsletter so we, we include uh, the the good news in there with with uh, the newsletter every month with the the club you know sending it out to people most of the time it's athletic stuff <laughs> um, we our group is a wee bit bashful so we don't have a lot of people doing uh, doing personal brags or parents doing doing brags of their kids uh, and we honestly I wish they would more because our kids are fantastic and I would love to be able to show them off on social media or, or through our newsletter saying how great they are. You know, so a lot of our athletic achievements are, are showcased within the newsletter. We also like to go onto Facebook and showcase them. Like we had um, the, the top goal scorers of the year for our classic groups, the O5s, the O8s, uh, you know, and O9s as well uh, showed who had the most goals. And then we showed the assist leader and all that stuff. So we, we like to recognize people. You know, we, we had three of our seniors make the all-star team for the first annual Big Ten uh, Senior All-Star Bowl. So we recognize those for their achievements as well. We had four nominated, three made the final roster. So, you know, we a lot of athletic achievements have been highlighted, but I, I probably need to push more for outside of the sport because we do have – you know, I, I can think of two right now on the 07 team that do a lot of community service on their own, you know, outside of our club. And I should recognize them for that because they that's definitely something that holds a lot of value within me personally, as well as, you know, our whole point of making this club. So, you know, it's probably something I should do a little better and uh, something that I need to get on top of them, and I will get on top of because it's a good point.
0: Sorry, guys, I'm going to have to stop it here. We had such a great chat, and I'm going to break it up into two parts. So as we reflect on what happened in this chat this week, I think we need to focus on the very ending of where it ended. And we talked about family and the importance of it to them in this club. I hope you continue on listening to the next episode next week. This is the end of part one of Cross City Soccer Club with Skylar Simmons.